Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. campers and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our episode in a moment, but first, I wanted to talk about something. We are coming up soon on our 200th full episode. This, of course, doesn't include our 10-minute mysteries and our Acrobica Journal episodes that we do. However, this is exciting for us because this is how we started with one episode a week on a Sunday. We have some very exciting episodes coming up. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but trust me, you are going to want to stay tuned. Now, let's talk about our growth. Over these past few years, we have grown tremendously, and it's all because of you. We have been mentioned by other podcasts, such as After the Shadows and True Crime Garage, which inspired me to start a podcast with Paul in the first place. So please, continue to help us grow by telling a friend or family member about us. Help them subscribe and tell them your favorite episode. Now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new Ohio mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss, who spent some 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Acker Beacon Journal. Hi, everybody. We are long overdue for a trip to Southeast Ohio, so tonight... We're doubling up a couple of great ghost stories from Belmont County. It's a beautiful part of the state in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. As a matter of fact, Belmont comes from the French for beautiful mountain. The county seat is St. Clairsville, and right across the Ohio River is Wheeling, West Virginia. Today, 66,000 people call this county home. Our two stories tonight both take place on the western side of the county, and we're going to start with the legend of Lady Bend Hill. Lady Bend Hill is a stretch of haunted real estate on US 40, also known as National Road. The stretch we're talking about tonight is between the villages of Morristown and Barnesville. Oral tradition here tells a sad lover's tale from 1833. That's too far back for me to find any written evidence of it, but it's not really far-fetched, as I think you'll agree when we're done. 
As the story goes, there was a young man who lived in Fairview. That's a small settlement on the border of Belmont and Guernsey counties. And he fell in love with a young lady from Wheeling, West Virginia. But their relationship was not fully condoned by her family. The girl, you see, came from wealth. The boy from much lesser means. Despite their differences in the economic and social status, the girl was determined to be with her lover. One night, as a storm approached, she was arguing this point with her parents. Then she fled their house in anger, taking a horse-drawn coach. She headed down Zane's Trace. You might have heard of this back when you were a student. It's a very historic road, one of the state's earliest thoroughfares. Though, by today's standard, it would have looked more like a large trail. She crossed Belmont County and reached the west side of Morristown, where the road had a series of bends. Just as she reached the third curve at the top of the hill, lightning crackled through the sky. The sound spooked the horse, which reacted aggressively. The sudden movement from the horse threw the girl to the ground, instantly breaking her neck. I will say there is a second version of how this happened, that the girl wasn't in a coach, but riding the horse, and that when the horse bolted from the lightning, she fell and became trapped in the stirrup and was dragged until she was decapitated. In both versions, the horse wandered aimlessly for three days until it was finally found. For decades, Locals have reported seeing apparitions along this part of U.S. 40. Especially on stormy nights, they've reported the ghost of a young girl, headless, sitting atop a spirited horse. But they also say you don't have to go at night to fully experience it. Locals say even in the daytime, the road gives folks an eerie feeling. So, is the story of Lady Bend Hill real? Like I said, I can't document the account of this particular Romeo and Juliet, but I kind of believe it, because the reputation of this once dangerous road is very real and verifiable. In the summer of 1925, Ohio's Highway Department wanted to call attention to just how bad the hilly, curvy road through Belmont County was. It had even earned a nickname, the Graveyard of the National Road. So the state erected 32 white crosses along U.S. 40 through Belmont County, each cross representing the site of a fatal accident. Eight of those crosses were a mile west of Morristown, each representing a life lost. The hope was that the reminder would cause motorists to slow down and take those hills and curves carefully. I don't know how well this worked because for years after, the local newspapers there continued to be filled with reports of ghastly car accidents. Now, I'm pretty sure the dangerous curves have been mostly straightened out. In 1937, 
a huge project was undertaken to correct the issue. But if you're a ghost hunter, you would probably say that wouldn't mean anything to a spirit who feels destined to travel the site of their doom. And whether or not the lady from 1833 still haunts the area, there are plenty of candidates for ghosts here. The one thing I couldn't solve was the mystery of the name. I don't know if the girl's last name was supposed to be Bend, making her Lady Bend, or if Bend simply refers to the fact that the road had lots of curves. Now, not far from Lady Bend Hill, near the village of Barnesville, another young 19th century girl lost her life. But it was no accident. And it was no love story. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Louisa Catherine Fox was a 13-year-old girl murdered by a coal miner who was trying to court her. Local lore says both the killer and the victim haunt specific spots in this area. So let me tell you the story, then I'll tell you where to go find them. It was 1869. Back then, the northwest part of the county that is now known as the Egypt Valley Wildlife Area was a little farming community called Egypt. Today, it's all part of Kirkwood Township. This was also coal mine territory, and Louisa worked as a housemaid for a local family who operated a mine. As was common in those days, she lived in the household of her employer, Alexander Hunter. Their house was a couple of miles from her own parents. Louisa had caught the attention of one of Hunter's coal miners, a 22-year-old man named Thomas Carr, and he began courting her. Carr was the fourth of five sons born to a family in West Virginia. He had fought for the Union Army during the Civil War, but there was also a war that waged inside of him. He grew up in an abusive household, struggled with alcoholism, and had a hair-trigger temper that led to frequent brawls. Carr was smitten with Louisa. He started to walk with her when he saw her on the street. She didn't like it. He gave her gifts, then began proposing marriage. But Louisa wasn't interested in this strange older man. She turned him down repeatedly. So Carr decided to go to her parents' with the hope that they would compel the girl to marry him. Louisa's mom said her daughter was too young and Carr wasn't in a position to support a family anyway. She suggested he work hard for a couple of years, put away some money, and then see if Louisa thought him worthy. Not that Louisa would change her mind, but it was a polite way of saying no. Carr was insulted. Before he left the fox house that day, he made some threats. 
and those threats bothered Louisa's dad. John Fox sent his six-year-old son, Willie, to go to the hunters and tell Louisa to come home right away and stay home for the time being. So Willie did. But Carr was already out stalking Louisa. As Willie and Louisa began to walk the two-mile route between the hunters and the foxes, Carr was laying in wait. He hid behind a fence, and as the two children came near, he popped up and walked casually alongside them. Willie saw the pair talking quietly ahead of him. What he didn't know at the time was that Carr was telling Louisa he intended to kill her. When the trio reached the home of Louisa and Willie's grandparents, they broke off from Carr and went inside. They stayed there some time, long enough that Carr went away and buried himself in a bottle. Four bottles, to be exact, of hard cider. When Louisa and Willie couldn't see Carr outside the house anymore, they decided to begin the final leg of their trip home. But by then, Carr was back. And once again, he fell in step beside Louisa, telling Willie to run ahead so he could speak to her alone. Willie kept an eye on the pair, watching the now-drunk man and his sister exchanging whispered words. But once they were all inside of the fox home, the talking stopped. Carr grabbed Louisa, pushed her into a roadside ditch, and held her there while he whipped an object out of his pocket— Willie didn't wait to see what it was. Frantic, he ran the rest of the way home, screaming to his parents that Tom Carr was killing Louisa. John Fox reacted quickly, but he got to his daughter too late. Louisa's throat was slashed, her torso laid open, and her limbs and chest showed more than a dozen cuts from a razor Carr had stolen from a shoe store. In the distance... John Fox saw Tom Carr running through a field. Quickly, a group of armed villagers began to pursue Carr. But it was night, and the darkness fell quickly, and they lost him. They decided to regroup in the morning. In the meantime, Carr ran two miles, knocking on farmhouse doors and asking to borrow a gun, saying he wanted to shoot rabbits. At the home of Nathan Young, Nathan was gone, but his wife gave Carr a gun. Then Carr returned to the scene of the crime. He was even brazen enough to work his way up to the fox home and peek inside the kitchen window to see Louisa's mutilated corpse laid out. Carr then hid himself in the fox's spring house till morning. First, He attempted to shoot himself in the chest, but the bullet missed his heart and lodged in his shoulder, and then he broke the ramrod trying to reload the gun. So he drew a knife from his boot and tried to cut his neck, but he missed the jugular vein. Louisa's dad found him in the spring house, a bloody mess. He was arrested and treated for his wounds while he awaited trial for murder. And then, this shocking revelation.
While incarcerated, Carr admitted not only to killing Louisa, but to several other murders. He gave details of 14 more killings, men and women he had slain during the war and after, some he had robbed, some, it appeared, he had killed for sport. Twice during the war, he was even sentenced to be shot for violating military regulations. During one of those two times, he was forced to dig his own grave, but both times he was pardoned. The authorities were never certain Carr was telling the whole truth. He gave them lots of details, but seemed uncertain about dates and years. And in at least a couple of cases, things he said proved to be untrue. Was he really a serial killer or a deranged man building up a fake resume because he was going to die anyway? We don't know. The one murder of which he was definitely guilty was Louisa Fox. Carr was sentenced to death for taking her life. It took more than a year for appeals to run their course and the governor to deny a stay. On March the 24th, 1870, Carr was hanged. To date, he is still the only man ever legally hanged in Belmont County. News reports said Carr gave a temperance speech before his hanging. He said, The bitter cup they call whiskey has brought me here. Banish whiskey and you banish crime. Now, there are several ghosts associated with this story, and reports of them started popping up very soon after Carr's execution. People have reported seeing the ghost of a girl on the road where Louisa died. There's a marker in the ground at this site. On your GPS, put in 35615 Starkey Road, Barnesville. From pictures, it looks like there is a small pull-off area on the two-lane road. The little memorial includes a boulder and a tree, and the marker reads, On this spot, Louisa Catherine Fox, aged 13 years, was murdered by Thomas Carr, January 21, 1869. Visitors often leave coins and small tokens here. Others believe they've seen the spirit of Thomas Carr there as well. He's buried in a pauper's lot miles away in St. Clairsville, but ghost hunters think in the afterlife he returned to the site of his gruesome deed. Locals say they've also seen the apparition of a girl weeping at Louisa's gravesite. She's buried in Salem Cemetery on Salem Ridge Road, about a mile from where she was killed. Her final resting place is marked by a tall obelisk that includes the story of her murder. Like the marker on Starkey Road, this one is often decorated with tokens from visitors. That's our story for tonight. Thanks to listener Jenna for her suggestions. We're going to be back in Belmont County soon because she sent us some other great ideas for mysteries. And I'm bringing this up because you can send us ideas as well. Write us at feedback at ohiomysteries.com and let us know about the local mysteries in your neck of the woods. We would love a chance to learn more about them. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, 
hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. Ohio Mysteries is also proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Please be sure to check out more podcasts just like ours at evergreenpodcasts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.